Roxo Media House. Hello, Frog fans. Welcome to Post Game Beers. We are the Lupton Drinking Club, and I am your producer, Ray Cartwright, at Ray Cartwright on Twitter. For today's episode, we joined the Gambling Gauchos to do a crossover podcast to preview the upcoming weekend series as TCU travels up to Lubbock to take on Texas Tech. Here's the audio from that. Talking to the Lupton Beers guys, JD, Ray, Martin in the house. Um, we're talking baseball. We'll at least start with baseball. Maybe we have some other questions for other stuff. But um, TCU, tough schedule to start. Um, have looked good the last two weeks. Texas Tech baseball, kind of a soft start. Have not looked as good the last week and a half. Um, broad thoughts for this weekend series, guys? You know, it, I, I think you kind of set up my opening thought right there with what you just said. Um, oh, sorry, guys. Do we need to do an ad read or we good? Keep going. We're good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I think that's kind of the big big theme for me this weekend is uh, it's going to be a real test of you know does your prior recent performance matter because TCU's hot as hell and. Tech, not so much. And I don't know if that's, you know, something that's really going to factor in or if it's just everybody starts from basically, you know, level and just the better team wins. I don't know. I mean, that's that's really the thing that's fascinating me going into this series. I, um, you know, as a recent resident of Tarrant County, new resident of Tarrant County, started paying attention to the local baseball scene. And so, you know, the Rangers play here. And I was going to give you all a lot of grief for being the second best team in Tarrant County, you know, <laughs> the UTA. Um, but I think that trash talk went out the window when Tech lost to New Mexico last night. So, Read Spinrath, baby. Yeah, we won't bring that up. But um, <laughs> I, Jacob, I wanted to actually reference a tweet that I saw from you before the season started. Oh no, no, it's good. I'm not. Oh, I'm not cool. Yeah, it. let's read this thing. Yeah, um, you were you pulled like the number of top fifty prospects, top forty prospects uh, for mm. each Big Twelve team, and kind of estimated who the contenders would be based on that. And I think so far it's proven pretty accurate. Um, you had TCU, Texas, and Oklahoma State pegged as kind of the primary three contenders. Uh, with mm-hmm. Texas Tech, a lot of their high end talents concentrated in the freshman and sophomore classes, and so right. you estimated they were probably a year away. Mm-hmm. You, Pegged Oklahoma is good enough to be annoying, which I think is pretty good way to characterize that, and everybody else probably not. Well, yeah, they annoyed the hell out of us. So yeah, <laughs> and then got swept by K State, who yeah. I didn't think was any yeah. good. So, um, and and at least from Texas Tech's vantage point, I would say that's true because yeah. you've seen flashes, and like when they're playing at their peak, they're as good as anybody. But you see some freshman fielding errors, some situational hitting issues some base running issues that you're thinking like, yeah, you know, a third or fourth year player probably isn't making that same mistake. Um, So I think that's sort of the narrative with this team is to what extent can they figure it out as the season goes along? Can they mature and get better into April, May, or are they kind of stuck being, you know, sort of a lower ceiling due to their youth? And so anyway, I wanted to give you props for at least so far this season. It seems like you had that pretty well pegged based on those numbers. Well, when uh, when West Virginia wins the conference, then we can do this pot over and you can criticize me for it. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, you say that about, you know, your third and fourth year players and, you know, they they wouldn't be doing this. But boy, that's kind of what's had us frustrated in some of these losses before we've got on this hot streak is, you know, our guys who've been here for a while, like Braden Taylor and uh, David Bishop, he's in his second year, but damn, he was good last year as a freshman. But, you know, when we were having that cold streak, it's like these guys aren't performing. We're hitting into double plays. We're making outs on the bases, things like that should not be happening and going into the season it was our pitching that was supposed to be the question mark and for the most part that's been really solid we just go through these super frustrating cold streaks on offense and it's frustrating because we know they're so much better than that and i think they're starting to show it now i just hope it keeps up this weekend coming away from houston i thought tcu looked really good defensively um is that something that that you would say has continued I would. They haven't committed. I think they've only committed like one error in the six-game winning streak, maybe two, but a lot of clean games. Uh, The middle errors have been cut out that you were seeing there to start the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think you said it. Uh, Yeah, the defense really hasn't been a problem, but my goodness, for a while, it wasn't even so much errors. It was just, you know, not being able to turn a double play that you should, you know, because you get the out of second, you pull the first baseman off the bag on on the throw. It's like, what are we doing? We had, we dropped three pop-ups against Texas State, and none of them counted as errors. And yeah. then from there, from that game, after that game, we've been pretty solid on defense. And I guess a lot of that, you know, it's easy to be more relaxed on defense when you're getting great pitching and you're playing with a lead when your offense is actually producing runs. Martin, tell our listeners what BABIP is and uh, give me a rundown on TCU, their lineup, and uh, how they fare in BABIP. So BABIP is batting average on balls in play. So any ball that's put in play, ground ball, line drive, fly ball, et cetera. Um, So strikeouts and home runs are obviously not in play, so they don't count against uh, or for your BABIP. So that's more of a – Runs don't count? I didn't know that. Home runs don't count. Oh, okay. They're out of play. Mm, So um, it's more of like – See how does the, the defense have a chance at it? Is that kind of how, how to look at it? Yeah, it's it's kind of like, does that, you know, how would that do against, how would you do against an average defense versus a poor defense? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It's kind of a, a luck-driven stat. So if somebody has like a BABIP that's crazy, you know, 200 points uh, better than their career average, you can expect some regression because some of those balls are going to start to get caught. What was the second part? So <laughs> how does TCU's lineup look in BABIP? Do you have some guys with high BABIP? Are there uh, gaps in the lineup that Texas Tech might be able to exploit? So I actually think uh, they've kind of underperformed as far as BABIP is concerned. Um, like Elijah Nunez hits a ton of ground balls. He's really fast. He just has not been finding holes. <clears throat> um, mm-hmm. Luke Boyers was like 100 points below his career average, but I think a lot of that had to do with um, he w- he didn't have a lot of bat- at-bats counting towards that because he was striking out a ton, but he's extremely hot right now, so it's probably going to hit a few out of the park in Lubbock with that wind. Yeah. Uh, I expect him to continue his hot streak. Uh, Cole Fontenelle and uh, Anthony Silva have gotten hot as well. Um, for yep. the most part of the season, it's been the Trey Richardson and um, Carson Bowen show. But, um, you know, and then Braden Taylor was hitting the home run like every other game. So the lineup's pretty hot going into Lubbock. Yep. 
looking ahead, it's going to be windy on Friday night, 70 degrees, and then 75 and 85 on Saturday and Sunday. Calmer days, but spring in Lubbock, calm day is 15, 20 miles an hour. Yeah, bet the over, right? That wind on Friday, it's going to be a launch pad. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, and to segue into that, um, I don't know if y'all want to go there, but it's a good segue. Um, Our Friday night starter – Started the season looking really good. He was a transfer from Kansas, and uh, there was a lot of hype about his fastball velocity and working with Kirk and how much he's improved over the fall. He's actually been a little shaky over the last few starts. So if there's for me, as far as pitching goes, it's right off the bat tonight. And with that wind, I'm hope that's going to be a game where I hope we can outscore you guys because Ryan's not pitching as good as he was in the first part of the season. Is he a righty or a lefty? <laughs> righty. So he's a righty right yeah i mean he throws like his his fastball tops out at like 97 and that's rare from the left side so he has to be a righty yeah. is he six our, eight whole, our whole weekend rotation is right-handed pitchers. yeah okay so that's uh, that's a potential storyline because texas Tech's lineup is very lefty heavy and um even some guys that would be at the top of the list for pinch hitting um also bat on the left side of the plate and so some of our offensive struggles, I think part of it is definitely playing on the road, which, of course, this game will be in Lubbock. Uh, but part of it is if you get a really good lefty, you know, our guys have not been able to put the ball in play or at least not with as much power um, as the right-hander. So that'll be something interesting to monitor. Yeah, you're playing the right team then because we have four lefty air staff, bullpen included. One of them is kind of our reliever number one now that uh, Luke Savage has been hurt has been a belt and he'll probably be first out of the pen um but after that we have a freshman chase hoover who's pitched really well late during uh the weeknights he pitched one inning in uta and i that's probably because they're saving him for tech but after that it's pretty much right-handed right-handed pitches all the way yeah one of those lefties Braden sloan he started on tuesday right uh yeah i left him out because he threw like what five five plus six innings on six tuesday. innings yeah yeah, he won't he won't be available. You mentioned the game Which, being in Lubbock, the series being in Lubbock. You have some history there. Uh, I think going back to 2015, the series has been just won by the home team. So yeah, that, that would I, make I think, sense. TC yeah, I think I looked at it today. Um, I might even saw the page up, but I think 15 was the last time we won in Lubbock, and we missed 2020 because mm-hmm. of COVID in Fort Worth. Yep. Yeah. You did sweep last yeah. year in Fort Worth. Which... Yeah, I enjoyed that series last year in Fort Worth. Sure I want to play you guys in Fort Worth every year. Yeah, there was there was some home cooking on that balk no call. I feel no, like dude, it wasn't. It, it, it that was, was no ball. That was an oh shit balk. <laughs> we it's funny we uh, when we did the podcast after that series we we pulled a clip from our podcast where we were talking about that and it was kind of one of our funniest moments we've ever had on the podcast because like MK was saying. Man, it just kind of sucks it went down that way. And then Martin goes, sucks for who? <laughs> like, for me. I, don't care. So I was yeah. like, yeah, let the, let the tech podcast bitch about it. <laughs> I don't know if it would have tipped the, uh, the series, but I do feel like that was just sort of like a bad omen, like bad momentum deal. I feel like the other games were – maybe I'm misremembering, but I feel like they were competitive, uh, maybe not as competitive as Friday. Um, I think we handled you guys pretty well Sunday in those other games. Um Friday started competitive. I think we pulled away late, and then Sunday you guys were out of pitching, and it was never in doubt. Seven four four three eleven three. Yeah, 
Do yeah, what? There. Seven four four three eleven three. Oh, okay. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Interesting. I a, I yeah, pretty similar to the series in Lubbock a couple years ago where, uh, well, we won a game. We won on Friday. We jumped out to a big lead, maintained it. And then, uh, let's see, on Saturday, went into extras, and you guys walked it off. And then Sunday was a laugher. Yeah, so. Sunday was Jace Jung jumping 30 feet in the air like three different times. <laughs> 17 to 7 there. Yeah, we were there. Wasn't I there do have a question three? for y'all. Yeah. About this tech team. Yeah, we need to learn about y'all too. (laughs) They've got some weird splits. I see that they're 17 and two at home, but one and six away from Lubbock, you know, including neutral and true road games. God dang, we played that many games already? So, time flies. I think the numbers, Rob, I want you to chime in too, but I think the numbers are a little bit misleading. So, um, our first loss away from home was a run, a one-run loss to Rice, who isn't a great team, but they're not a bad team. Uh, it's just one of those deals like the bats never got going. I think the pitching was fine that day. I want to say it was like four to three. Um, the next day, we beat Michigan, and then the the finale in Houston, losing 16 innings to A&M. We know hit them for nine consecutive innings in the middle of that, but could not play a run, and so. Um, those two are a little bit like, I don't feel like you were severely outplayed or anything, just couldn't get the offense going in that ballpark. And then the series in Austin, um, again, pretty competitive for the most part. You, you had the lead, I think after six innings in all three games or were tied. And then you were tied or leading in the ninth, uh, Saturday and Sunday, and they walked you off consecutive games. And, um, so there were a couple plays in that, like, we had a guy who doubled. He was a foot or two from clearing the fence. It would have been a two-run homer. Instead, he doubles. He steps off the base at second and gets out. Um, and so, again, it goes back to those, like, base running mistakes that are, you know, really frustrating. But um, so, yeah, the the loss column, it looks like it's really filled up. But I, watching the games, I don't feel like we're getting just totally outplayed and thinking, oh, we're a bad team. It's just – kind of some bad luck, the way baseball goes type stuff, but you do yeah. need to turn those into wins as the season goes on. How concerned? Where's your Wario meter after Austin? Good question. Uh, after Austin, Rob said zero. I said four out of ten, like not panicking or anything. And then we lost to New Mexico. Um, but, you know, I, I take midweek kind of with a grain of salt, so I, I probably really haven't moved maybe mm-hmm. from a four to a five, but – Albuquerque is such a. Did y'all ever play it in New Mexico? Albuquerque we're, is a. We're in the Mountain West. <laughs> <laughs> so you remember? We, you remember we know about all those. Ballparks. Okay, you know about going to Albuquerque. <laughs> they have a, a high school press box. The road team is on the top row of the stadium. Um, there's no options. The 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 wind is worse than Lubbock because of how the the ballpark is designed. It's a tin box like one of the worst stadiums to play in and Texas tech refuses to get them off their schedule. Never go to Albuquerque. I don't like people are like, Oh, we got walked off by New Mexico. Don't play them that you won't get walked off. You don't play them. Never go to Albuquerque. Make them come here. You're Texas freaking tech. You don't need to do a home and home to get New Mexico on the schedule. I isn't it. Isn't it usually like a two for one generally. And then sometimes it's even a one for one. And then we'll, we'll meet you in Midland too. Oh, yeah. So it's just so dumb that they're trying to do that. Now you try to play in Hodgetown a couple of times, but I guess that's cool too. 
Yeah. I, I don't know. I just uh, I, I don't care about losing to New Mexico because of that ballpark. And the Texas series was competitive, and so I'm not worried. Uh, you jump back from the TCU sweep last year, and we're within a, a, a game or two if you beat Oklahoma to win the Big 12. So I'm I not, I'm not incredibly the, worried. I have one more thought on the road struggles. Um, tweeted this Saturday after the second loss to Texas. Uh, in Lubbock, 11 runs per game. Away from Lubbock, 4.2 runs per game. Now, you still lost your two road games that you've played since I tweeted this, but you scored eight in a loss against Texas, and you scored 10 or 11 in a loss against New Mexico. So you're still losing, which, again, doesn't help you in the win-loss column, but maybe the bats are starting to get a little bit more comfortable outside of Lubbock, which maybe will trend up for us on the road as the season goes on. And that, that's a lot of one-run losses. It's not like you know you're not really getting blown out on the road. Um, it's unfortunate that uh, when you guys played New Mexico, they don't play in the uh, Isotopes ballpark. That was pretty nice. Yeah, and I think they uh, they either did for a while or had a plan to. I I would much rather do that. They're right next to each other. Yeah. And <laughs> they have, like, a press box and a yeah. radio booth. Like, I don't know why that, they don't. that Simpsons stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rob, do you have an Isotopes hat? No, uh, and are they the who are they affiliate of? I think Colorado. Okay, yeah, maybe. Hey, Martin, um, do you have an Isotopes hat? I might, I probably <laughs> do because I've been there. I usually get the hats of the games that I go to. Yeah, that's Rob awesome. has a ton of minor league hats, he has all kinds of hats. But hey, so I, I just want to ask about. Tech pitching. Sorry to be boring guy and talk, you know, tech versus TCU. Nerd. But, uh, are you guys pretty confident with your Friday and Saturday guy? Like, I'm just, I was just kind of glancing over their performance. And even in the game in Austin, it looks like both went five plus innings and did okay. Uh, what's, what's y'all's confidence level with starting pitching? I have high confidence on Saturday, Mason Molina. I think Brendan mm -hmm. Gurton uh, has been a reliever at Texas Tech. I don't think he's been a reliever. I know he's been a reliever. I, I think he may be better out of the pen. Um, I would love to see an opener on Friday and then have him kind of settle into the game and see see how the bats are going and then come in. Um, he's got some command issues, which is why he's been struggling. He doesn't give up a bunch of base hits, but he certainly will put a guy on and then give up a hit. Um, but I, I'm fairly confident in Friday night and pretty confident in Mason Molina. And then Sunday, for the second year in a row, um, to be determined, we'll be pitching on Sunday. Does, yeah, that, that, make, does that give y'all anxiety knowing that we have Cam Brown going on Sunday and he's probably the hottest pitcher in the Big 12 going right now? It will if you lose on Friday night. Yeah, see, that's kind of what I'm thinking. If we can find a way to steal one Friday and Saturday, man, I'm feeling good going into Sunday. Yeah, I think whoever wins this, the Friday night game will probably win the series. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I mean, I tend to agree, but I, we have Cole Klecker on, on Saturday. And uh, the, the one thing that concerns me with there, now I'm confident, but it concerns me because he will not walk anybody. He fills up the strike zone. And against Tech and Lubbock, that could be a very bad thing. Now, he hasn't had a single bad start yet, but he's a freshman and he fills up the strike zone on the road. I... It could be a, a good time for him to have his first bad start. 
So I'm hoping Ryan can come back on Friday and be his normal self and we can sneak that one out. Another thing I should mention, uh, not related to starting pitching, but relief pitching, um, we have had – I think we have good bullpen arms, but they're just a little bit inconsistent. Um, our best bullpen arm, his name is Brandon Beckel. Yeah. Um, he hasn't I – don't, I don't think, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, he usually only appears once per weekend. Um, I would kind of like for them to use him Friday and Sunday if they can manage his uh, pitches. But he uh, – so he was suspended four games for talking shit against Oklahoma State. <laughs> How do you all feel about that suspension? Uh, do you tend to agree with the Big 12 or? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I think that also cost us. I think we would have won either Saturday yeah. or Sunday in Austin if had he been in relief because, like I said, we choked away two leads. Um, yeah, Martin Martin got super excited when he saw that announcement. I was like, what are you, a Texas fan now? But he thought it was uh, he was suspended through the TCU series. Yeah. And he got real excited about that. Well, it was – I don't know if you all saw how it went down, but, like, it yeah, was over walk-offs. Like, oh, no, the Oklahoma oh, State Oh, yeah, the, the incident. No, I the didn't see it. The incident was over with, and then in between innings, their coach comes out to bitch that our guy was talking shit, and then the umps, like, go back and retroactively eject him, and it's an automatic four-game suspension. So, Dude, so Josh Holiday, Josh Holiday owns Tadlock. <laughs> no, quite way? the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> it like 15 of 19 against them or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, Brandon Beckel, he'll be back. Thank goodness. Uh, here's his stat line, 14 mm-hmm. innings pitched, one earned run, 19 Ks. So when he comes in, he's about as confident as we get in terms of the bullpen. And so hopefully if we can build a lead into the sixth or seventh, he's a guy that can go and, and keep that lead on like what happened in Austin. Um, so we're glad he'll be back this series. Yeah, I don't like it personally from my standpoint. No, I know he's great. I know he's great. Um, that, yeah, he could have flipped one or two of those games in Austin. So I don't know, man, I'm just hoping like we stay hot, but I don't, I'm not a big believer in, you know, recent production automatically carrying over. I think every game is independent of one another for the most part, but I will say confidence is a thing too. So I'll just contradict myself and talk myself into, we're going to stay hot and win the series. Well, talking to Kirk last night after the UTA game, he talked about, First, with his pitching staff, he knows they're going to give up home runs this weekend. Yeah, he readily uh, admitted that. That was funny. He said they're going to give up home runs. It's limiting the what you do before you give up that home run, you know, not putting men on. And then he said about the offense, while they've been scoring runs, I think every game in this six-game winning streak, they've scored seven-plus. Mm-hmm. He's like the way they've taken their approach to the at-bats. And yeah, there's been a lot of two strike hitting. Uh, they've taken walks and they've been able to get the bat through the zone. Yeah. And so that has him encouraged going into this. Weekend. Yeah. Um, when we were going through that cold streak offensively, it just looked like the timing was so off. You know, we were either out in front of things and rolling over into double plays or behind and striking out. And it's like nobody was squaring the ball up. But it seems like being as good now and I don't know I'm cautiously optimistic because I mean I know where TCU's ceiling is and I want to believe that we can string together like two three four weeks in a row of playing up near that ceiling because so far it's been way up way down so yeah Rob anything else I I do feel like 
if you're a patient team at the plate, you can get Texas Tech into some trouble. Um, they will walk you. They will. <laughs> Lots of the pitchers. Or or they'll strike you out. Like Ethan Coombs right. or uh, Damian Bravo or Andrew Devine. Any of those guys could come in and strike out three or walk four. And mm-hmm. it's just like one or the other. I've got one more note. Uh, so, like I said, Becca will be back. I think another guy who's been really solid out of the bullpen is Ryan Free. Um, and then our a, a guy who I would have said was our best reliever coming into this season, his name is Derek Bridges. Uh, he was injured in the offseason. He just made his first appearance, I think only two-thirds of an inning against New Mexico on Tuesday. I would imagine if he pitches, it will not be until Sunday. Uh, if he goes at all, they might be really careful easing him back in. But um, having Bridges and Beckel reinfused at the same time potentially – could really shore up the bullpen, I think. Um, so anyway, he's a name to watch. I'm I, not super confident you'll see him this weekend. Like I said, if, if at all, it'll mm-hmm. probably be Sunday. And even that I'm really not terribly confident in. Um, well, y'all are probably in a better position than we are on that front. Like Luke Savage, he's still going to be out. I mean, he's a all this, all that conference American reliever. And he's still out. Uh, Hunter Hodges, a highly touted um, transfer, he's still going to be out. But I will say this on a positive note from our standpoint, watch Carson Bowen and Anthony Silva. They're two of our freshmen that right now are kind of carrying the offense, especially Carson Bowen. Um, it seems like nobody, everything is a double for him right now. It's, it's kind of crazy. He's hitting the ball to all parts of the field. He's hitting everything hard. He looks super confident and man, he's fun to watch. So what, what, what are a couple guys that you feel the same way about? A couple of guys had bad series in Austin. Uh, Gavin Cash, I think, has been really good. Uh, he's a sophomore. Didn't play much at Texas last year. Has transferred to Texas Tech. Um, he can absolutely hit home runs in Lubbock. Kevin Bazell is another young guy. I think he was five for five with five doubles or something crazy. Four doubles in, in New Mexico. Yeah, he had, a, he had an insane day, and they lost because um, it was in Albuquerque. Um, I hate that place. Uh, Austin Green is a transfer in. He's been really good. He was really bad in Austin. Uh, he had a bounce back game. Uh, and then I'm going to I'm gonna give you a name, and you're going to look at his stats, and you're going to say, what in this guy is smoking? Owen Washburn has had oh, yeah. a really slow start this year, but he is finding his swing again, and I think he's really close to a breakout, and I hope it's this weekend. Yeah, that's a name from the past, so I, I... – I don't have to Owen look at Washburn. Guy. He's hitting 194. Yeah, sucks. He was in 56 <laughs> like two weeks ago. So <laughs> I started like one for 19 or yeah. something. I mean, he was doing nothing. Um, Against yeah. Western Illinois, who went eight and 44 last year. Yeah, and then yeah. they they put they bench him, and Gage Harrelson is playing right field. He's he started every game because he was playing center field. Then they brought Dylan Carter in. Dylan Carter's hitting. Dylan Carter's never been a great bat. He's hitting 400, and then he breaks his wrist on the wall. Whoa. So Ooh. so Harrelson goes to center, back to center, and you're trying to find a, route, a right fielder. I, I think it's Owen Washburn. He started every game in right field last year. Um, he just has to be more consistent. You'll also see uh, maybe Jarrett Curtis in center. You'll have Harrelson in right. Uh, Nolan Hester's the leadoff guy. He just gets on base, um, hits a lot of mm-hmm. singles, and gets on base. You might see Damian Bravo. He's the left fielder. And then, yeah, Damian Bravo. 
Um, you've seen a bunch of guys there. Um, you really got hurt when Dylan Carter got hurt. Yeah. I have a question for y'all. Is Hudson White still kind of the glue to that offense? No. Uh, he's been hitting down the lineup. Um, now, he's he's another guy who's been pretty hot over the last couple of weeks. I think his average is up over 300 now. Um, but I would say Gavin Cash or Bazell or Austin Green have been the best hitters, the most consistent hitters for you. Yeah. I've been, honestly, um, I think disappointing is the right word for both Washburn and um, Hudson White. You know, they were two guys that received some type of all-conference accolades as freshmen last year. And, of course, you're thinking they're going to progress and build on that. And uh, neither one has. You know, like Rob said, Washburn is turning it around lately. Um, and I don't think Hudson White has been – had cold stretches like Washburn, but the numbers just haven't been on par with last year. And we were – we thought he was going to lead this team in home runs and, you know, have a 300-plus type average. And uh, just hasn't quite been there yet, but we know that they're both capable of it. We've seen it in long stretches in Big 12 play. And so um, if they can flip a switch, you know, that could – that could do wonders for this lineup. That's already a good lineup without them being yeah. high. And it was Big 12 play where Hudson White got going last year. So it's yeah. it's not unreasonable to say that he'll have a, a strong close. Jacob, they're saying that Hudson White's been a disappointment and he has a 930 ops. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> no, well, gaslighting is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he was, Fre- I think he was the either- year, Big 12 freshman of the year, you thought he's yeah. a little hotter. Yeah, I mean, we kind of feel that way about Braden Taylor. You know, yeah. we thought this was like his uh, Jace, Josh Young year, you know, being a junior. Um, he's he's hit for power. He's hitting a lot of home runs, but that's really been about it. But in the last few games, he's starting to hit doubles, starting to hit singles, and hitting home runs. So hoping that continues. Elijah Nunez, he's also another junior. He was kind of one that we thought was going to really carry the offense. Boy, he had the coldest of cold streaks. But now he's starting to break out of it. So, you know, like I like my whole overarching theme of this TCU team, it's cautiously optimistic. I want to I want to see them be consistent, keep that up. One more note on Hudson White. Defensively, I don't think they're very impressed with him because um, he does not start every game. And in fact, in Austin, he didn't start on Sunday. He starts Friday, Sunday, every series, and then the backup catcher Maxi gets a run. Um, every Saturday, but Maxi started Saturday and Sunday this last weekend. Hmm. Um, the catchers, both catchers, if you're aggressive and run, um, you, you can get to second base from first. Oh, that that's music to my ears. Yeah. Because we don't stop running once we get on. It's backfired at times, but as of late, it's been paying off big time. And, dude, and it's everyone. It's Luke Boyers. It's one through nine. Taylor. That's it's hit and run. It's streak Eli. steal. It's if you throw a ball in the dirt, they're gonna try to they're gonna try to swipe that bag. That's frustrating. So, <laughs> and you know that's where something maybe TCU can take advantage of by being aggressive there on the bases. Kind of want to talk get y'all's thoughts on Tech has forty one errors on the season, which just seems like a ridiculous amount. How many do we have? Just for uh, just put it one in. second. I will tell you. Just to give like we, a benchmark, because it we feels have like twenty six. What? Oh my god, guys! When I think you had fire padlock, I think you had twenty eight. <laughs> I think you had twenty eight, uh, like at Iowa, not that series, but against Iowa, I think at that point in the season you had around twenty eight or thirty, um, and you were leading the country besides maybe one other team. You were second in the country in errors. 
Dang, um, man, man, it feels like we've made all the errors. Yeah, and you, we got like half the number of y'all. You've been better. Well, you've been better. Yeah, we have. We have. Well, we have. Sorry, and Texas Tech has been too. But oh, y'all have 40, too. Forty okay. errors is. Yeah, is a lot. That is still, a lot. We're still up there. We led the nation for a while in double plays. I don't think we're tops in the country anymore, but we should still be pretty high up there. So, I think that's been a, a saving grace. Is like, like Rob mentioned, you have walked a lot of batters committed errors, but it's, it's one of those things if a guy gets to first, they've done a really good job of turning two pretty consistently to, to mitigate the damage and not letting that snowball. Yeah. I will say Tracer Lopez has really settled in it short. Yeah. Defensively. That was part of the problem earlier in the in the year. Yeah, looking at the numbers, Tech has thirty two double plays turned on this on this season to TCU's eighteen. Yeah, I feel like we don't do that very often. Yeah, I think Green and Lopez have really gotten into rhythm too. Um, earlier in the year, you had two or three different short stops, and you were trying to figure it out. And they're both freshmen. Tracer Lopez should be a senior in high school. Uh, so should Will Burns. They reclassified to get her early um, to be able to play college baseball and keep their major league track draft track on 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 cue. So uh, I think the I think the errors have been better. Uh, I certainly think, though, either team could have a couple of errors that could really cost you. I think, um, yep. what was it? The the walk-off against Oklahoma State in the first series, Oklahoma State five errors in Lubbock. On, on Friday. Yeah, I don't, on I don't like to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, and Oklahoma State going into that Lubbock series, because I think we looked at the numbers when we had the uh, OU guest on, they only had like nine errors going into that series with Lubbock. When you you have you have a lot of new guys on defense, and I know you play all spring and you play all fall and you have fall ball and you have the red black series, but this turf is not what yeah. everyone is used to. You have dirt turf and grass turf all the way back to the wall. The only thing dirt on the field is the mound, so I do think there's a a certain amount of getting used to that in, in the defensive world. When I was 13, I was visiting my cousins in Plainview, and we drove to the Texas Tech campus. My dad and I hopped the fence and took ground balls on Texas Tech's baseball field. So if anybody is an expert on the conditions on that field, it's definitely me, and it's, it's different. It is. And it's not quite as bouncy as, like, let's say, Kansas State's turf, um, but it is, it's different. It's, it's, not, it's, not a dirt, it's not a dirt. It's not a grass. It's... And, and I know most of the teams in the Big 12 are not most, but a lot of the teams in the Big 12 have turf, but this is... Yeah, it's pretty turf. I, I can't stand turf, honestly. Yeah, would, comparing it, so it sounds a lot like uh, the way Texas's turf is, because Texas's turf is real spongy. Yeah. You it's, don't get that those high choppers. It's about in the middle. The Texas turf is really mm. soft and slow. The Tech turf is, you know, medium. And then... Uh, the Kansas State turf is like super balanced. Ugh. Yeah, if I ever do like stadium rankings for the Big Twelve, all the turf ones go to the bottom. <laughs> Mark that. There's down. only three that have grass. <laughs> What'd you say, Martin? There's only three that have grass. Yeah, those are the top three for me. Oh, right you away. would have to be at the very bottom because they actually have a turf mound, which yeah. is the most God. ridiculous thing in the world. So does Houston. <laughs> Ugh, kick Gross. Them out of I can't believe we're letting them in. Yeah. <laughs> well, Martin, so y'all uh, gearing uh, up for y'all's NIT final? 
You excited? Yeah. National champs. Yeah. So we got opening day yeah. tomorrow. We got uh, the conference. Oh, yeah. USA. Ba- uh, major leagues tomorrow, huh? Absolutely. Hey, we need to do our predictions before we sign off because yeah, we do. <clears throat> they've offered to let us flame them if they get it wrong again. Well, uh, before that, I want Martin to uh, – he's got some pitching stats on our guys about runners left on base. Martin, do you have those readily available that you were texting me? <laughs> it's like me this morning? No. It's got deer in the headlights. No, but – Sorry, uh, we'll, we'll post them think- to our, uh, our <clears throat> sub stack, our pay- whatever the hell the paywall. <laughs> I think one of them was uh, Klecker. He had a pretty high left on base. He has – actually, I think he has a lot of – Stats that are, I guess, prone to lead to regression. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was going earlier. I'm a little worried about all. Um, yeah, another one was Cam Brown at 89% of his runners have been left on base. I think he's more of a guy who can actually keep that up. Because yeah. He's so – he actually is unhittable. So the problem with him would be like walking a guy or or hitting someone and yeah he know. could walk the bases loaded and then strike out the side right that sounds familiar yeah um, okay predict I'll go of the three of us I'll go last all right we'll go around the horn we'll go Ray Rob Martin me Jacob for me I've got man this is such a this is such a toss up series. I really want to go tech uh, winning two of three, but hearing about y'all Sunday starter woes, I feel pretty good about getting Sunday. So it's, can we out hit y'all on Friday, which I think we can. So I'm going to have TCU winning two of three with Friday wins and Sunday wins. The same, but in Texas tech's favor, I, I do think Texas tech will win Friday, Saturday, and TCU will win Sunday. I got TCU winning Friday, losing Saturday, and winning Sunday. I have Tech getting to our bullpen early and often on Friday. And Cole Klecker having a freshman moment on Saturday. And then Cam Brown winning Salvage Sunday. Two out of three for Tech. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Sorry, lads. It's going to be a, a sweep for the Scarlet and Black this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, for everybody listening on our end, at least, Kyle just held up a broom. <laughs> that I'm sure it wasn't just <laughs> coincidentally lying around. Is it's a why- red and black broom. That's right. Is that why you left the frame five minutes ago? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and brought up that we need to do our uh... – yeah. yeah. All part of the plan. Yeah, I remember, uh, man, last time I uh, had a broom for baseball, it was last year around this time, yeah. so – yeah, good times with brooms. See, my thinking on Friday is, so y'all should have lost to Oklahoma State. Should have. You should have lost. Could have won. And I think, <laughs> I, yeah. I know, that's baseball, right? It's well, right. It's not like we can't drop a damn pop-up. I mean, <laughs> why are we immune? Well, I just think the way we're playing better. I think. I know. I want to think it's going to carry over. I just don't think it works that way. Not especially in baseball. In Lubbock. But then again, Vanderheide, I mean, on the flip side, it, that doesn't mean Vanderheide is going to keep struggling. He might go eight and give up two runs. I don't know. If y'all, if y'all have if y'all start three Vanderbilt. righties and Beckel is back in our bullpen and Ryan Free pitches like I know he can out of the bullpen and we get a typical start out of, out of Molina on Saturday, I, I actually do 
the sweep might be a little bit. I might have just been taking advantage of having a, <laughs> a broom there, but yeah. um, I, I feel confident Texas Tech will win this series because it's in Lubbock and some of the matchup components we've described. I think it'll be competitive. I think both teams are probably about as good as each other. Maybe have different mm-hmm. strengths and weaknesses, but uh, and, and Tech really needs it. I mean, they're coming off four losses in a row, three of those in walk-off fashion. Uh, if they drop two out of three or, or worse at home, you know, they could. That's a lot of. Uh, downward momentum, and that would be a, a pretty difficult hole to climb out of. Yeah, we we would be three clear of you guys with 15 to play. So, yeah, yeah um, I mean, this is yeah. such a huge series for either for either team. Yeah, I'm picking I mean, tech, but I'm tag. I'm picking tech, but I'm not confident. Well, and, and after Klecker, this series, Klecker, Klecker's been good. I mean, and Vander High is capable, so we can win either of those games. But, and, and I think Sunday this- Sunday we have a big advantage. I think. After this series, like our first three Big 12 series are the three best teams in the conference. True. Uh, Oklahoma State, Texas, and TCU. So if we can get two out of three or, God willing, a sweep, um, you know, it's never a gimme in baseball, but they would be, they would have kind of erased a lot of the damage from the sweep in Austin and maybe given themselves a right. chance if they can beat up on some lower half teams to make a run at this. So we'll see. Yeah, but for some of those, y'all got to go on the road. True. Yeah. Yeah, they do have to go to West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough. That's tough. I we do too, though. So but that's all West Texas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they do have to play on that silly turf in Kansas State. Same. I think our, I think our schedule is exactly, almost exactly aligned. We have Except we have uh, Texas, Texas at home. home. Yeah, we have Texas at home. I think that's the big difference. Yeah, and Oklahoma two State. Norman. Well, they <coughs> had Oklahoma, they had Oklahoma State at home too. You get Baylor and yeah. Kansas in Lubbock, which I think is a big big boost. Oh yeah, yeah. If you're gonna use your home losers. series, use it on Baylor and Kansas. Yeah, that's huge. That's that should be six and oh right there. Well then again, so do we. <laughs> yeah. And you all started three now. So yeah, but hey, Baylor, uh you guys might be their Super Bowl, so they might they might give you their best shot. They don't beat us in nothing. Oh man, they're so, <laughs> and they're so bad this year. They are so bad. They're so bad. So bad. Oh, Baylor and Kansas play each other this weekend. Ray wanted to make that one of the series for post game picks. You like, should. Uh, you should. <laughs> I, MK. I tried MK selling it, though. but they were like, "No, I, I don't want to watch Ray, that." Y'all need to do that. <laughs> Bottom of the Big Twelve. <laughs> All right. Any of y'all coming to Lubbock? Um, I would say ten percent chance. Zero percent. Guys, Taylor's I don't own a vehicle. Got some tickets for you if you want to come. What? Oh, that might flip. Oh, hey, I've sure. got a question for y'all. Mark, let's go. A little bit off topic. So, yeah, among Texas Tech fans, if you're not a good fan, if you're like a soft fan, you get called a pink raider. That's like it's a derogatory. Since y'all's colors are purple, what do they call like a a bad frog fan? We don't have any. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have any fans. No, I'm dead serious. We don't. If if anybody follows TCU, like they're. <laughs> Like you guys, you guys roast us all the damn time for our crowd. Well, yeah. if we had some T-shirt fans, then you know, I, I think our crowd's really great. I mean, you guys like love to screenshot like fall break on a thirty-degree day when we're like <laughs> five, and, five and six against what do you mean you guys? Iowa State on yeah, Thanksgiving yeah, yeah, weekend yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> when it's raining and forty-five. No, it's, it's just when y'all are hosting a top-ten team and a third of the stadium is Oklahoma State orange. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't no, I actually do. I, you, I, you joked about the screenshots. I actually do have screenshots from that one. It, well, oh, I mean, the, yeah, the football game. 
Yeah. Did you guys want to uh, have like an hour long debate about the cactus emoji real quick before we sign off? I, well, we covered I mean, this last time. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, jumping on that, uh, hearing y'all's podcast about it, I think the cactus emoji has kind of backfired on y'all. Maybe y'all can get some redemption for the cactus well, you haven't emoji. Beaten us in anything since. Maybe not yeah, backfired. I don't, I don't believe in curses or jinxes, though. Anything. Yeah. Except I mean, women. I mean, women's basketball. I, it's still March. Yeah, here, women's well, basketball. You know, I, it's I still March. Give a new coach movie. now. <laughs> No, I want you guys, all of y'all, all the all the Twitter followers and everybody, keep your cactus emojis because then I can immediately determine how much value I place on a tweet I see <laughs> in a response. <laughs> I immediately see cactus and roll my eyes. I'm like, all right, well, this doesn't mean anything to me. Like any kind of like Twitter debate. That's the same with any hip, cactus hypno emoji. Toad. Like, uh, if I see a hypnotoad. It's like it's like in politics picture. when you see like a, either a Ukraine flag or an American flag, I immediately know that, <laughs> <laughs> that means there's no winning that argument. There, yeah, there's there's nothing they say is gonna forward this discussion. So I think just, you should put hard. I think you should put a cactus emoji in your username uh for this weekend. Ah, Twitter bet. Well, uh, I would love to, but <laughs> I cannot get out of our Twitter blue subscription. It doesn't expire till like April 15th. So I can't change our name or picture again. Like I tried when, uh, when West Virginia lost in the tournament, I was going to switch it to, Oh Iowa yeah. State, and Elon wouldn't let me. So, hmm. uh, so then I was like, Oh, I'll just cancel Twitter blue. And they're like, okay, yeah. But like, it's, it's through April 15th or April 20th or something. <laughs> yeah. So that'd I, be a delayed uh, payoff. Maybe a, yeah. a bio. There's something in the bio. Yeah. I think nobody I reads those. It had, to be, it had to be something more because I mean, we did this for football, Ray, and we didn't even play the spread. Yeah. So we need to kind of give them favorable terms, which I guess playing in Lubbock is. Yeah, you covered it anyways. Yeah, we we did, but it was dicey. It was. Whoever loses has to meme their own team on Sunday. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you just lost. I love this. Oh, oh man. Great yeah, yeah. I, I second this. Like 12 memes. More like Tad Loss. <laughs> like yeah. the laser eyes and everything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The huge L in Tad, Lock, Tad Loss. Yeah, yeah. 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 Or, or just, Tad Lock. yeah, or like, the, you. I'm sure some of your Twitter followers have memes, right? Yes, so we could steal y'all's created memes and post them to the TCU baseball account. And then y'all, we have a million of them we could send y'all. And then do the copy pasta where it says, uh, you know, I've been a Texas Tech fan for 30 <laughs> years and I'm yeah. so embarrassed. I just smashed my TV in front of guests. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should do 30. Yeah, I think that's good. That after I every loss. <laughs> and tag Viva the Matadors. Like any sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's All right. good, I, i'm down with memes yeah we'll, we'll think of something Maybe sounds you, good we'll send y'all 10 and you can send us 10 and we'll do it that way <laughs> that way you have to we have to post your memes and you have to post our memes. oh yeah hey, actually right I'm, I'm holstering some stuff i've been screwing around a lot with um artificial intelligence image generators oh that's so fun did you see the um concerning reports coming out of lubbock about yeah would you care to elaborate <laughs> so on those funny. concerning reports it wouldn't it wouldn't let you write a bad tweet it's like so right <laughs> one <is> not positive <laughs> that was great work around baby yeah yeah we need to have fun with ai before it kind of ruins everybody's life yeah. so laugh yeah. about it today yeah i gotta use it for memes. It. 
This is kind of the sweet spot for AI. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> In its infancy. Are right, you have any final thoughts? Are we always um, going extra 30 minutes after final thoughts, but we'll try to wrap it sometimes up. Sometimes all you need in life is go frogs. A simple go frogs. I like adding the simple. Oh, if, like, I know everybody's listening to this audio medium. Kyle's holding up a literal red and black broom, like half of, <laughs> or like a quarter of the little, whatever the, the, the bristles. Yeah. The, bristles are red. And then the rest is black. That's, that's just, uh, I'm concerned about you. I do not own a purple broom, although maybe I should. Yeah. You should bring All it right, out to – could have brought it out for Kansas. Need it for Baylor. Yeah, we, we could sell them on our online shop. There you go. Yeah, there you go. No, I don't have any final – I think we covered a lot. That okay. best preview podcast we've had. Well, <laughs> if, if you make it one. down to Lubbock, we can uh, stick you in the GA. Well, see, I don't have a vehicle – so I need somebody else to step up and go. Gotcha. Well, I'm looking at I'm looking at these two on the right side of my screen. Figuring out. Uh, All right, we will. We'll talk, Jacob. All right, we'll talk. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. All right, boys. I'm hungry. Boys, it's been fun. Thank you. You'll give us a guns up on the As way out. There it is. Always.